Hello, everybody, and welcome to Die Try. And I am your host, Danny Mogo, and this is our early signing day episode. The Michigan Wolverines finish ninth, or are currently ranked ninth, I should say, not finished because this is still a process. But early signing day was on Wednesday when most of these kids um, signed their uh, letters of intent to join the universities. The Wolverines are currently ranked ninth overall in the country, a smidge behind North Carolina. They are third in the Big Ten. The headliner in this class is uh, five-star cornerback Will Johnson, 6'3", long kid, looks to be an immediate impact type cover player. He is a five-star. He is the highest rated recruit in the state of Michigan, um, hails out of Gross Point South, so that's a local product, not just a local product, but uh, someone, a legacy, his dad also played for the Wolverines, so we kept it in the family and, and brought Will back into the fold, I know he's he's been using the term we a lot already, and has been at many of Michigan's games, and has been a focal point in terms of trying to recruit other kids to come on campus and you know he definitely helped out bringing in a couple of uh, intriguing and uh, valuable pieces to Michigan's future secondaries they did uh, had a very good signing day specifically adding some big name recruits like Derek Moore um, an edge rusher safety Keon Saab as well as wide receiver Darius Clemens they also flipped a couple of recruits on signing day that were committed to other universities, so that really increased the class. Um, you know, like I said, ninth, there's 23 overall commitments, 22 of them signed with the Wolverines. They lost the commitment from an in-state linebacker, Alexander. The only uh, commit, uh, the only Michigan commit who who's still a commit and did not sign is edge rusher Kevante Henry from California. He's a top 400 player. He is a four-star recruit whose ranking and rating has definitely been increasing as the season has gone on. But the feeling I believe is from reading all the people who are the experts in this field is that the loss of uh, Courtney Morgan, the head of the um, uh, recruiting department, the director of recruiting for Michigan, his loss, he he has gone on to Washington. He's a West Coast guy, uh, so he's moved back to the West Coast to work for Coach DeBoer. They were together at Fresno. So, you know, it's it's a loss for the, for the program for sure. And in terms of immediate impact, it appears that there's a decent chance most people seem to have the feeling that Henry may also follow him to Washington or potentially just stay close closer to home now that he's lost that confidant, that close figure who he knew would be with him in Ann Arbor. Um, so, listen, I'm going to tell you that I know what I know, but I also know when I don't know. I think that's very valuable in this industry. I'm not going to try to fake it for you guys. So, I, you know, I have information on these players I know things about them, but it's only because I've really read about them, only seeing some highlights here, highlights there. I'm not really 
busy, you know, diving into the recruiting and watching a lot of video and tape and going to games. But there are people who do this for a living. They go to games. They follow recruiting. And one of them is Bryce Marich from the Michigan Insider, who not only is a recruiting guru, but he's specifically a Michigan recruiting guru. So he's one of these guys that goes to games, flies all over the country, follows recruiting intensely. That's his primary focus. So on that note, I'm going to shut up and we're going to ask him a few questions and hopefully you can learn a little bit more about the recruiting process as well as this Michigan class for the 2022 ranked ninth by 247 Sports Composite Rankings. And joining us now is Bryce Merich from the Wolverine Insider of 247 Sports, the best in the, in the business when it comes to recruiting. It's been a crazy week, Bryce. I'm sure you're probably looking to take a nice long nap after this big signing day. And we had, we saw yesterday, Michigan got three huge recruits, Derek Moore, Keon Sab, two top 100 guys. That's out of their three top 100 guys. They got two of them yesterday, throw in Darius Clemens, and that's three out of their top five recruits. How big of a win was yesterday for the Michigan program? Huge. I, uh, this was, you know, Michigan at the start of the season had in the teens of recruiting classes, um, the catapulted all the way to number nine overall. They finished here in the early signing period. So this is a class that checks a lot of boxes, and it's a class that they need to fill. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys departing after this season and potentially going on to the NFL the next level as well. So you need to fill those holes. Not only did they fill those holes, but they filled them with elite top talent as well. So that's a good recipe to keep the success going for years to come as well. Now, you know, re- recruiting is kind of an interesting thing. I, I well, Let me see if I get this right. Um, I don't know how, you know, we probably have some listeners that are reading you and listening to you and then other people who don't really follow this at all. So I sent my girlfriend that the meme, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, you know, the one with the with the guy and the and his girlfriend in bed and they're facing opposite directions. And she's like, I wonder if he's thinking of a girl. And like the bubble for yesterday was he was thinking, I wonder if high school boys like my school. You know, and and I said and I sent it to my girlfriend and she's like, what is this? You know, because obviously she doesn't really follow it. She didn't know what signing day was. So I'm kind of like, well, there's like different pieces. You know, you got the kids who said I'm coming to, you know, Michigan like a Will Johnson. And it's kind of a foregone conclusion. And this is, you know, the first day they can actually make it official. Then you have kids who 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 are in that situation, but schools are trying to steal them away or you're trying to protect your kids. And then you got the guys who are like, I'm going to wait to that day. I'm going to put out, you know, three hats and, you know, maybe have somebody throw me a hat and show me how I could get a pick six like Mr. Hunter did going to Jackson State. Uh, Have I kind of recapped what signing day is? Yeah, I mean, it's basically the schools trying to uh, reload the talent they are going to lose due to graduation or attrition or whatever matters. Um, you know, it's, uh, for me, I've always, I was curious when I got into recruiting was, you know, how, how do these schools, like, how do they get these players? You know, how does that come from? And when I first got into recruiting, the first guy I ever followed was Sam McGuffey. You know, you watch his highlights of him hurling guys and leaping guys in high school. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and then you're finding out, okay, well, 
now he's got to pick a school. Well, how does that process go? How does he, you know, figure out what school he wants to go to? So that's kind of where recruiting comes in, you know, and so the coaches know it's the bloodline for any program, you know, you got to be good at recruiting. And that's why you see the Alabamas, you see the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Ohio States always up there because they're recruiting at such a high level as well. So Michigan right now, with this class coming in, um, they should be, fans should be very excited. Let's just say that. So talk a little bit more about the anatomy of the flip with, you know, specifically to Michigan, you know, they flipped two kids yesterday, right? The, um, Amarion Walker, the wide receiver who was committed to Notre Dame and the quarterback, Alex Orgy, who was committed to Virginia tech. Now for me on the outside, it's like, I kind of knew about the Amarion Walker thing for like a while now, at least that Michigan was interested and at least that Michigan was still, you know, in the thick of it, right. Even though he was verbally committed to Notre Dame, it still kind of felt like an open thing while orgy was a name that I'm really wasn't familiar with until a few days ago. Yeah, so, you know, for Marion Walker, he's been a kid that Michigan, the staff, really liked for quite some time. Um, Ron Bellamy, the safeties coach, uh, has right. ties down to Louisiana. He's from Louisiana. And then the head coach of Marion Walker, he actually coached Ron Bellamy in high school. So there was already a tie there. Um, and it's a guy that his skill set is unique, where he's 6'4", 175, He's not the biggest in terms of size um, or weight, I should say, but he's a gazelle. He can go up and get the ball. He can, you know, he's got a good catch radius and he's a guy that can stretch the field, you know, vertically. And so Michigan right, right now doesn't really have a guy on the roster that fits that mold. Um, and he's a guy that, like I said, they've targeted for several months now. And this is a case where Michigan was patient. They did their work and they waited and, you know, they go from being two and four to not having any really st- stability and coaching changes in the offseason to now you're going to the college football playoffs. You won the Big Ten. You're 12 and one. And it, you're more appealing to kids and families as well. And the other side to that with his recruitment, as well as with Alex, is they both saw coaching changes on their ends. You know, Alex was committed to Virginia Tech right. and the coach is not there anymore. And they got Brent, you know, Pry from Penn state. And then Brian Kelly takes off for LSU. So this was just the perfect, you know, formula and recipe for Michigan to come in, flip those guys. And they did a great job on their visits and in the recruitments where with Amarion, you know, they worked on him for quite a bit of time. And with Alex, it was one of those cases where, Hey, we're 12 and one, we can start now, hitting up people that maybe we thought we didn't have a chance with anymore. And when you're 12 and one, you win the big 10 and go to the college football playoffs, they're going to start listening. And this was one example of that, where they came in kind of late, you know, they already offered him, uh, but he was committed. He wasn't really looking around. And then all of a sudden, you know, they said, Hey, we're looking for a second quarterback. He lost his head coach. He takes a late official visit to Michigan academics is really high he's got two brothers that go to Vanderbilt so they sold him on that and also the ability to come in and be a versatile piece kind of what J.J. McCarthy is to the offense you know where you're going to see him throw the ball but at the same time take off and run and Matt Weiss has brought that to this offense 
um, when he came from the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson, how they kind of use their offense and running games. So he's going to fit into that role and he'll specialize there. And I think he's going to have a good um, fit when it comes to that as well. So these are two guys that, yes, they have little different stories, but at the same time, the end result was Michigan coming in, two coaching changes or coaching changes happened, and ultimately just seeing the deal. How about fighting off other teams, right? We heard stuff about, you know, Miami with Cristobal, maybe going after Damani Dent, and I believe it was Auburn and Florida with Deuce Spurlock. Is that right? What What's that like when you're fighting off that, especially when you're fighting off the, the local school? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, especially to those are two guys that were more of their lower ranked um, signees in the class, but they had exceptional senior seasons. And again, that's the other flip side with new coaches coming in. You know, they get that new coaching smell, you know, like a new car smell. Everything just looks nice, smells good. And so kids are interested. And, at you know, at the same time as well, that they're also saying, hey, we're trying to create our culture and you could be the guy that could change things around as well. So sometimes the coaching change can hurt and sometimes it can be for the better. And in those cases, those schools weren't really factors before. And then the coaching change happens and now they're coming after you. So Michigan had to work a little harder, but it's easy to sell when you're the Big Ten champs and going to the college football playoffs. And those are two kids I really like. I can have good roles and good careers at Michigan. And yeah, a lot of schools wanted them. I mean, with Spurlock, he had Auburn, Florida, um, Clemson, and Washington all come after him. And with Damani Dent, he had Miami come after him, Florida. And uh, those were just a few schools to name off him as well. So yeah, they had to fight off several guys, but you know what? Once you get to the top of the hill, yeah, Alabama do that. Doing that has reached the next tier. This is what happens. You know, you see that with coaching staffs. They get poached with coaches going elsewhere for head coaching positions. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, and you pointed out they were – two of the lower ranked guys, which really intrigues me too. Uh, I'm still, I don't go back to uh, that running back McDuffie out of Texas, I believe. I don't go that far back in terms of following the recruiting, but uh, I remember a kid from a couple of years ago. I I grew up rooting for Michigan and Oklahoma. Um, Can't really say why, I just did. And I believe it was a kid, Brian Asamoah, was a guy that both, programs were in on and I think Alabama was like the third team at the end and he was rated you know in the 500s and I'm like why is this kid only 500s it seems like these great programs that recruit at a high level are on him so what does that tell you and he I I believe he's already declared for the NFL draft now so that's how good his career has been he's definitely exceeded that recruiting ranking what does that say to you when the bigger programs are after guys that aren't so highly rated like why why is that how does that happen um, well, especially this cycle for us with 24 seven, you know, we had COVID happen last year. So some of these schools and some of these kids didn't play, you know, in the state of California, they didn't play high school football. You saw JJ McCarthy leave 
Illinois, his home state, to go to IMG just to play football. Um, right. So that factored in. That was one thing. And we weren't really able to hit the road as much as we usually do. So we couldn't get those in-person evaluations. And I would say the third thing with that is there weren't as many camps. So some of these kids who kind of blow up at certain camps and show out and get that exposure, they weren't going because there weren't the camps. Um, but Michigan did a good job. You know, when you look at those two guys and you look at a guy like Mason Graham, you know, out there in California and Coastal Loveland in Idaho, a state that there's not many prospects Michigan's pulling in from Idaho or let alone any schools <laughs> pulling in from Idaho. Um, but it just goes to show their evaluations and their recruiting staff were very on point. They knew what they're looking for. And at the same time, they hit, you know, and these are guys that you saw all their rankings rise. And that just shows, you know, guess what? We can evaluate at a great level. And at the same token, like you said, once that happens and they start having those good senior seasons, you're going to have other schools come in and want to enter in the mix and potentially flip them. And you saw that with a lot of these kids as well. So Michigan did overall good job of holding on to not only did they land a lot of guys and even flip them on Wednesday here, but they also had to fend off a lot of other, you know, suitors for several of their kids, even the lower ranked ones. And if you have to do that for your lowest ranked signees, that's usually a good sign that you're signing a great class. Yeah. I think, you know, Michigan has done an underrated job under Harbaugh of either um, scouting guys who aren't highly, who are maybe underrated or just developing them. You know, obviously you look at a Hassan Haskins, who I think was in the 900s, Ronnie Bell, who would have been the number one receiver had he been healthy, wasn't even a kid that w was ranked anywhere. So they've definitely done a great job there. They did lose one guy, though, right? Ethan Burke uh, flipped from Michigan to Texas. What Was that, was that just, you know, dropping bags, NIL, or was that local kid who wanted to stay home? Yeah, I think that was more just local kid who wants to stay home. He's from Austin, Texas. Um, Texas came in on Tuesday, the day before signing the early signing period there. And for him, he wasn't really committed to Michigan very long. Uh, Michigan right. offered him late in the process. They got him up for official visit for the Ohio State game. He loved it. His father was there. They committed, I want to say, a few days later. Um, but in the end, I think it was one of those – you know, I want to stay home. My family can see me. My friends can see me. And Michigan, at that point, they can't really compete with that. If the, if the kid feels that, you know, obliged to want to be closer to home, you know, hats off to you and just go for it from there. But again, that's another evaluation where he didn't have any offers. He was at a one-time Maryland lacrosse commit. You know, he wasn't even going for football. And next thing you know, he's pulling in offers after Michigan offered like TCU and other programs and Texas comes in at the very end as well. And so that happens at times, you know, you're not going to get all these guys, but again, it just goes to show Michigan scouting evaluations and they see talent and they can also at the same time develop it. Like you said, with Hassan and Ronnie. So I want to chalk that up to too much of a loss personally, but yeah, that was one that didn't go on the right side for Michigan yesterday. So, Bryce, let me ask you this. I think this is probably what the listeners, the fans want to know the most is who are, you know, give me two or three immediate impact guys. Guys, do you think that could see the field and, and impact next season? I go the five star, 
They're one five-star in the class. Uh, Will Johnson's a cornerback here from Gross Point South. Um, he's a guy that he's a legacy guy. His dad played at Michigan in the early '90s, um, but Will's made his, a name of for himself. He's been a guy that's competed, you know, at several camps and over, you know, his high school career. And he's easily been one of the top guys at every camp and always the top guy at every game he's played in. Um, 6'3", 190, big physical corner, um, but very fluid. You know, when you see guys that are that tall playing corner, you're thinking, okay, shorter guy, how is he going to match up with speed? And, you know, when they're running certain routes on a route tree, how are they going to, you know, how can they lock up with them? Can they flip their hips and that kind of sort of thing? And Will can do that with the best of them. Um, so he's got the potential to come in early, I think, and see the field. Michigan only brought in one corner last cycle as well. So it's not like they got a lot of young talent in the wings waiting. Um, and I think he's got the potential to, you know, see the field and make an impact, kind of like what Donovan Edwards did, you know, where he didn't come in right away and, you know, blaze his own trail. It took him some time. And next thing you know, he has a career game against Maryland. You know, you see him make a couple plays against Ohio State, and he even throws a touchdown against Iowa. So I think you could see Will sprinkled in, uh, just like him, where he comes in the rotation. He might not start, but you're going to see him get playing time, get in the rotation, and make an early impact. With other guys, I would say Darius Clemens, the four-star wide receiver out there in Portland, Oregon. They landed on signing day, the early signing period here. 6'3", 209, ran a laser, 437, which is incredible. That's like DK Metcalf stuff. I mean, it's like, you, it's unheard of, you know? And so he's going to be enrolling early as well, like Will. Um, so he's going to get to learn the playbook. He's going to get to learn the offense and kind of develop, get in the strength and conditioning program, get bigger and stronger. And he's a guy that, again, Michigan doesn't have that, big physical body, you know, guy where Jim Harbaugh on the latest podcast of in the trenches with John uh, Jansen compared him to Nico Collins, you know, Michigan hasn't had a Nico Collins on roster since he left. So Darius will fit that mold. He'll fit that spot. And I think he could make a very good impact freshman year. And the third guy I would probably give you is let's see. We'll stick with the DB class there. Zeke Berry from Concord, uh, California, and De La Salle, hmm. six foot 195. He originally was committed to Arizona, uh, and Don Brown was the defense corner at the time. They were going to use him at the Viper, which many Michigan fans might remember. Uh, and he looked at him more like a Cleek Hudson. When I watch this film, I see more of a drill peppers. I see that sort of player in him where he can make an impact on either side of the ball. And you watch senior season highlights, he's scoring touchdowns, throwing the ball, catching the ball, pick six, whatever, on either side of the field. So I think he's got the ability to come in, you know, maybe again, not start like, you know, any of these guys, but see the field on special teams, come in, situational plays and type of downs, um, and, you know, see what he can do there. He's a hard hitter can fill the box good and run support so those three guys I would say are, are going to make an impact in year one and I think they could be you know fun I mean really big important program changers as well for this 
you know, for Michigan going for it. So we'll see what happens, but I like those three. And how about a sleeper? One guy, if, if they came to you and said, Bryce, you can move any guy up as far as you want on this board. It's all you do it. Who, who's the guy in this class that you think is way underrated and you're really excited to see how they, you know, develop as a collegian. I'm going to say Anaheim, California defense alignment, Mason Graham. So with Mason Graham, he was originally committed to Boise. Um, and over the summer, you know, again, case in point with evaluations and scouting, he didn't really go to camps. He didn't have much film out on him regardless, though, either way. He's from California, so they didn't really play um, during COVID. And so he didn't have much tape out on him. And director of player personnel, Courtney Morgan, knew him from his days at Fresno State. So once he got here to Michigan, one of the kids he really liked and identified and told the staff, listen, we got to get on this kid. And he's, you know, a state qualifier, wrestler. So anytime you got those wrestlers in the middle of your defense, I usually like them as a prospect. Um, and he plays yeah, in the too. toughest, and, you know, he plays in the toughest conference in America, the Trinity league there in California, which, you know, he goes up against modern day and, you know, St. John Bosco and, the list goes on of, you know, top end schools. He's got to face week in and week out, you know, and he's seen D one prospects four or five stars. Like I said, every play he's going against. So he's going against good competition. And the thing with him is he started both ways in alignment and you don't normally see that, you know, there's fatigue and maybe they're not going to be as well during the game, but he played with such a high motor. I know for us 24 seven, we've, bolted him up in the four-star rankings and I could see him even outperform his current ranking right now to where I think he's going to be one of the best players of this class he might not be the highest ranked or have the greatest you know offer list but at the end of the day I think he's going to be one guy we look back at and say okay that guy was a dude for sure well I didn't I didn't realize he played both ways I mean you know if you're a DB and receiver for being honest there's going to be some plays you could take off, but when you're in the trenches, you got to yes. be in on every snap. A little man. harder for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I love the wrestler thing because, you know, we make a big deal. NFL. I used to do a lot of NFL draft stuff and, you know, we make a big deal about the bench press for the lineman. And I'm not saying there's no value in that. There's some value in that, but the wrestler knows low man wins, right? You might be stronger than me, but if I get leverage, I, I can still beat you. Absolutely. So, so before we go, I got to ask, you know, how big was that victory over Ohio State and, you know, getting that Big Ten championship? You talked about the new coach smell. There's got to be a uh, we're going to the playoff smell, too, right? Yeah, so it's funny because after, you know, they could hit the road recruiting, you know, once they won the Big Ten title game. They wore their Big Ten title hats, their shirts, and they're making it loud and proud and saying, listen, we won it. And so I think a lot of guys took notice of the championship. I think they even took more notice of the Ohio State win. And you're seeing the effects. You know, again, this is a class where they landed some of their top guys on signing day and really late. And that's in large part to what they did on the field and especially coming down the stretch here. So, you know, I've since covering Michigan, I've never seen them beat Ohio State. 
I've never seen the effects of it because I've never got to experience it. But I always said whenever they did beat Ohio State and potentially go further along the season, I I thought recruiting would take off. And lo and behold, it's done just that and more. And I think next cycle, they got a top 10 class right now, but I think next cycle you could see a top five class. And that's from the effects of this season as well. For sure. And Bryce, before we let you go, we know, you know, even though this is the big day and this is where you get the bulk of your class, it's, it's not over. And uh, there's still time to be uh, some recruiting between now and February. Some guys might be announcing when they play the all-star games in January. I know Josh Connerly is the guy that they're still high on and, and on a five-star offensive tackle from Washington. Um, what's your feel on him? And are there, what else should we look for in this cycle? Are there any other players or positions you think they may try to dive into once this process uh, restarts again? Well, let's start off with the five-star offensive tackle. Like you said, Josh Connerly out there in Washington. Um, I've always felt Michigan's done a really good job there. They've gotten them up on a couple unofficial visits. And our, one of them was official visit for the Washington game. Uh, and that was a great performance. He got to see Michigan mole Washington, the home state team there, right in front of him. And he's got a really good relationship with offensive line coach Sharon Moore. He's got a good relationship with the head coach, Jim Harbaugh, as well. But, again, like we talk about the coaching changes having positive and negative effects sometimes. I think with this recruitment, we've seen a negative because you saw director of player personnel, um, Courtney Morgan, leave Michigan this offseason to go join right. Washington. So that's a plus in my eyes for them. And then you see USC, who was never really – too much of a factor for Josh Connolly, and all of a sudden they hire Lincoln Riley. And yep. so now he's like, okay, you know, I'm taking a look at him because they're landing top guys out there as well. So competition has, I would say, tightened up. Um, I think right now Michigan's in a good spot, but I definitely want to say, you know, they're going to get the kid or anything like that. So they're, this is going to one that goes all the way up to the bell. They're recurring extremely hard with him. I know the family likes Michigan, especially the academic portion of Michigan. And we'll see where things go. Moving forward after him, I think they're going to look in the transfer portal. Some guys to fill holes immediately. Um, I don't think they're going to go the Michigan State approach with the transfer portal landing, taking 20 guys. But right. they might take a couple, you know, that maybe they don't feel comfortable with some of the younger guys, you know, stepping in quite yet. They want a little more development there. Um, and so they're going to scurry the transfer portal, see what guys are out there, what guys are showing interest as well. And uh, maybe add a couple pieces there. So, you know, they could look at some uncommitted seniors. Um, and that's an option that you could see new game, new uh, names pop up as well later down the road, but those are the main main priorities. Josh Connolly won transfer portal, couple guys fill in there. And then from there, if you don't really hit on the transfer portal guys, I would say third, look at some of the uncommitted seniors. They're still, or even if they're committed, but they haven't signed. Right. Look at them to maybe fill those, you know, voids. Great. Great stuff, Bryce, man. I really appreciate you giving us a, a lot of time today. I've, kept you on longer than I thought I would, but 
I, you know, I want to talk about this stuff, but I'm basically, if I'm talking, I'm regurgitating what I read from you and your, your, your colleagues in this industry. So I'd rather get it from you. You know what I mean? I feel you, man, for sure. Well, like I said, I appreciate you really having me on as well. Thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate it. Great stuff there. That's Bryce Merich. He's from the Michigan Insider. You can read his stuff there on uh, 247 Sports. So just to put a bow on our early signing day uh, episode, the two transfers specifically, I believe that Bryce was thinking of when he talked about going into the portal and potentially filling needs that way one is running back uh demonte trainium i believe that's how you say his name don't don't uh don't uh, call me out on that he's from arizona state he is a former four-star from ohio and he is in the portal he's a big back at 235 pounds so the kind of thumper that could fill in and take the place of Hassan Haskins, not necessarily to be the lead back for the Wolverines or have the type of productive season that Haskins has, because we expect obviously Corum as well as Donovan Edwards to both be key parts of the backfield. And, and, you know, I, I think Donovan Edwards has all the talent in the world, man. I'm excited to see what he can do in the next two to three years. He is definitely one that the, even though we haven't seen a ton of him, he's definitely one that the recruiting guys got right because he is an absolute baller. So we expect to see those two guys, Corum and Edwards, to be the main two backs. But you're going to need depth in the backfield because injuries do happen, especially at that position. Uh, we've seen both Edwards and Corum, even with limited duties this year, miss games due to injury. And then just stylistically, as I mentioned, you know, Hassan Haskins is that short yardage between the tackles, physical runner, and that's what they would get in this 235-pounder. And then finally, we have the center out of Virginia, Victor Oluwatame, who was a Remington Award finalist, so considered to be one of the top three centers in all of college football. Well, Bryce's colleague, Sam Webb at the Insider at 247 Sports, who has a an impressive, impressive percentage, 90% success rate with his crystal balls. He just put in a crystal ball today, a prediction for those that aren't familiar with the term, a prediction for Michigan to sign this grad transfer out of the University of Virginia. He would only have one year of eligibility. But, you know, with Varstatis going, the starting center, who's a fifth or sixth year guy who's been here for a while, they will have a lot of ex- inexperience at the center position. And this would be a great addition to the offensive line for next season. Just wanted to touch on those two names to keep an eye on in the transfer portal. I'm sure there'll be more as uh, the process goes on throughout the offseason. And that'll conclude this episode of Die Trying. And we will have definitely at least two or three more episodes before the playoff game on December 31st in two weeks against the Georgia Bulldogs. Working on a couple of big guests. Don't want to throw any names out there right now just in case 
I'm unable to land them, but for sure, we will definitely have a few guests on, people who cover the Michigan Wolverines, to talk about the upcoming game against the Georgia Bulldogs. Have a great weekend, and go blue. Like I said before, the best in the business right there.